ladies and gentlemen. It is your boy, Sam Gilstrap. We are back. It's the Ghost Likes Podcast. By the time you listen to this podcast, it will be officially 2021. We made it. Big up. Celebrate. Woo! That's me clapping. And in the background, you also hear Lois, our guest. Lois, she, our first guest of 2021. How the hell yes. are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. As well are you as I zoomed can. out yet? Am I zoomed out? Oh, God, yes. Mm-hmm. I, uh, it's like the only way to like consistently and safely see friends. Like I stay quarantined on occasion, and then I'll set up a time to get together with people. But um, yeah, it, it's about after about an hour of catching up, I'm just ready to go. You're like, I'm done. I'm yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. I'm no, that's, right, right. Yeah. I know. We're all just kind of chilling in our bedroom. The, the biggest fear that I have is like, so like, I'm already pretty sure that like public schools will, if it's a snow day, they'll just have you teach from home like we've been doing for the last mm-hmm. year or so. But my biggest fear is friends will say, oh, well, if you don't want to come out, I can totally zoom you in at the bar. Uh, no, that's why I'm not joining you. I don't want to see you. <laughs> oh my God. It's funny how like things that also used to be phone calls mm-hmm. are also now zoom calls where it's like we did not need to see each other you can no. just listen to me over the phone like Absolutely. why why do we have to zoom <laughs> we can just... capable of reading it down. <laughs> correct right oh my mm-hmm. gosh i know zoom all day every day that's something unfortunately we can't let go in 2020 no 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 I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be with us for at least the next six months and that's oh <laughs> we'll be fine we'll get to the summer just take a breath. Take yeah. a breath. Maybe by then some of us will be vaccinated. You know, buy your yeah. stocks now. Buy your stocks. The <laughs> Pfizer. It's with the P. The P is not silent. Put Pfizer. Get your stock. Pfizer. Oh. We're gonna say Pfizer for the next hour. Pfizer for the next. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All the COVID jokes. We're thinking those like grandparents being like Back in my day, like washing, washing down our groceries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always had to clean my apples after I bought them. I know. Now you're, down now you're cleaning your boxes of mac and cheese. <laughs> the germs. <laughs> you have number four. Wash your hands. That. <laughs> oh, man. What a time to be alive. It is a great time to be alive. What are you grateful for from 2020? grateful for okay honestly a lot a lot i think i think it can be easy to i mean there's there's a lot of pain and sadness you know of of the year but i'm grateful to be healthy one i'm grateful to i i didn't go home for the holidays i i'm still in la jolla right now um but i'm grateful for my family's health i'm grateful i don't i don't want for anything right now you know and i'm sad for our industry right now of course you know um but we're all trying our best you know and artists are so fearless right now and so fierce in whatever is being creative um creative created Mm -hmm. uh so yeah you know i have food i have anthony living next door (laughs) (laughs) You know, so friend of the pod, good man. I mean, you know, you must hold tight to to the good ones, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. So a lot, a lot to be grateful for. That's awesome. Very good. Yeah, the 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 flexibility and strength of artists has been really apparent, and I know for me, I've been there have been times where my optimism, because I, I guess because I'm an actor. I'm mm-hmm. usually a pessimistic little child hiding under his weighted Ugh, A must. <laughs> yeah. But now, as I've been doing this, and I've, I've had the good fortune of being with theater companies that have tried to put something on of quality and, mm-hmm. you know, just at the very least, keep those instruments in tune. So I, I am thankful for that. But I, I know there are a lot of people out there that are looking for some semblance of what they remember mm-hmm. and some reliability and that becoming and staying their way of making a living, keeping their right. roofs over their head. Right. There's a lot exactly. of people that are like, that's what, that's what they were doing. And then it stopped. And 
Like I, I will be the first one to say that I had a little bit of arrogance when I was like, well, I still got my job. Mm. But not mm-hmm. everyone had that situation. And uh, so right, exactly. definitely check that, that privilege at the door. And that yeah, I know. I, no, definitely. I, I, I appreciate you saying that because there is so, you, you, you know, like, like I definitely felt so privileged to be in an educational bubble right now where mm-hmm. like there were definitely days where people were like, oh my God, this sucks. You know, like we're doing, <laughs> we're all in Zoom university right now. Mm-hmm. Like this is not why, this is not what we thought our MFA in acting degree is going to be, mm-hmm. um, you know, me clowning on Zoom. Cool. <laughs> um, but also, I'm still in an educational bubble right now. I'm not in the industry. I've not yet graduated. I don't have the same worries as an artist who lost their Broadway gig mm-hmm. on opening night, you know, and is still shut down. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's nice to sometimes like at the end of the day, just like sit and kind of like look inwardly and be like, no, I'm, I'm okay. In the big scheme of things, I'm okay. Definitely. Yeah. How is, how is the trends? You had some time while you were in school after you left Colorado for your MFA. Yes. In uh, Oh, in like in person? Yeah. 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 Uh, so I, w- I went from a quarter system. So I was at the University of Denver and that was a quarter system. And I went straight back into a quarter system. Uh, and we had, because um, there's three quarters in a year. Uh, we wouldn't. Now I'm trying to remember. I'm like, what happened in 2019? Uh, yeah, I had two quarters in person. And then mm-hmm. in the third quarter, everything moved online. Oh, what was that transition like for you? Oh, weird. In the beginning, the Zoom fatigue was real hard, especially because we were we were doing like 14, 15 hour Zoom days, you know, or oh, no, I lied. I lied. We did that this quarter um, because we we didn't have productions in the spring. Mm. Um, So like earlier this year, like spring, what is it? Yeah, yeah. In the final quarter, we moved online, but it was like eight to nine hours straight of just Glasses was really difficult and a lot of my classmates who I already had glasses so I was not well from the start <laughs> uh, but some of my my privileged 2020 vision people <laughs> no they they got some of their um uh, like blue light glasses um, yeah um because it was it was just so much to be on screen for so long and jumping yeah. between classes without really breaks and it's like no one's done this before. We're all navigating this for the first time. We don't know how long we should be on the screen. We um, we don't know how to teach <laughs> really for the screen. So yeah, it was it was a lot of just kind of trial and error. From from an acting perspective, like I've seen you shared some of the the videos of like productions or at least I would assume um, class based performances from your apartment, like. Mm-hmm for you as just an artist what was that transition like for you oh we had a whole tv studio in our living room (laughs) oh man no that's it 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 was really okay because we're in technically like lockdown still right you know Mm -hmm. like even um even though no one is like stay inside you should just stay inside yeah no it's rough out there Um, in cali you know, yeah, no, LA is the epicenter and um, San Diego is not any better. Um, but we, this, this quarter was the first quarter where we actually started doing productions um, with like green screens and um, kind of incorporating design elements into it. Uh, and it was a little hard because everyone is at home that there wasn't really separation of like work and home. And it kind of just always became work. And I live in graduate housing. So we're already kind of our own housing, like grad housing bubble outside of campus. And so everyone you see like grad students around here. Um, so already there wasn't separation between graduate students. And then in your own living space, there really wasn't any separation of being like, okay, and now I log out and I'm home. Yeah. Because it's like, you look over there and there's like all these camera 
and lighting equipment. You look over here and there's a green, like a big green screen that looks mm -hmm. like a skinned Grinch, you know? <laughs> no, <laughs> dude, I'm not even kidding. The, the material, <laughs> that was really morbid. That was really morbid. <laughs> I just I just had an image of the old Predator action movie, and I'm just oh like, God. oh God, I just watched it. Oh man, yeah. The so there's Jim Carrey oh. just being gutted in my. Oh brain. God, oh God. Anyway. Rated R, rated R. Sorry, right away. I took it to the next part. <laughs> Tell, talk to me about this skin Grinch in your living room. This this skin Grinch in our living room. It mm -hmm. the material feels kind of uh, like felty. Oh, um, that's a nice yeah, pickup line, Lois. Good job. <laughs> Let me live. Let me live. I'm gonna. Uh, yeah, but it was it was massive, um, and it took up basically the entire living room space. And every mm. night, like, and then I would have to move the couch. We would have to we would have to just move everything to set it up to get ready for rehearsals or to film. Um, and it wasn't the worst, but there were some days where it was really hard to be like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. You know, and also I think it poses the question, especially during this time as artists of like, why, like for what, you know? And I, especially as going through a program right now, there are many times when it felt as if we were doing productions for the sake of doing productions. And because this is the norm, this is what we always do every year. We put up these productions, we have to do the productions. But I just wonder if, there is value in a pause in the quiet and for us to really reevaluate like okay if i'm making anything right now who is it for why am i doing it because we can really decenter the idea of a result and a product and you know, we live in such like a capitalistic society where it's like make 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 go 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 make it for this you know but i think it's so important to be intentional right now of maybe i don't have to do this <laughs> mm -hmm. maybe another zoom play for the sake of doing a zoom play is not needed you know Absolutely. like what kind of stories are we trying to tell what who are we trying to connect with etc you know oh, totally yeah, yeah. um it, i mean it, i i would i was feeling something along those lines I, I directed a, a little thing via Zoom in the middle of the summer, right, right as the protests were starting here in Denver. Mm -hmm. So like the thing, mm -hmm. like this after the second night of rioting, rioting's not the right word. Um, say civil disobedience that was being um, undermined by the authorities. As I think that's a better way of putting it, at least <laughs> in my perspective. Um, and, and it was just kind of one of those things was like, I'm doing this, I'm doing this play that does nothing to do with that. And everyone's mind has, is nowhere near this, this body of work. Mm -hmm. And from that point, like, I mean, especially the last couple of weeks, like now I've spent so much time just being chill. Like the, the energy, the get up and go, the mechanism is, oh, yeah. it's not, it's not like, I gotta, it's, it's like an old school generator. I gotta go pour gasoline in it and crank it up for a while before I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll show mm -hmm. up and give this my best. And it usually happens now. And I'll be the first one to say, I'm not proud of this, but it happens after a, um, a, a lack of attention to a, the detail. Mm -hmm. Like when I missed mm -hmm. something, when I didn't respond to an email and I'm like, oh, well that makes me look bad. That's a bad look. Mm -hmm. And it's, and it's predominantly cause like, like if we said it before we started recording, it's like, I'm home. Yeah. Like what, I don't want to perform here. Right. Like I hate right. turning it on at home. Just like after yeah. the show is over, I don't want to turn it on. Like, can we just, can we just talk or yeah. just not say anything and just share space with each other? Yeah. When, yeah, no. Uh -huh. When you spend eight hours a day in art, I would assume art intensive or art focused, your art specifically, mm -hmm. um, study on zoom cameras in your own house what's what is it like for you when your day is done from an emotional standpoint are you drained do you hate the side of your walls yet <laughs> oh do i want to run away yeah um you know i think from spring quarter last school year to this quarter mm -hmm. 
last quarter, I definitely wanted to be like, fuck this shit, I'm out. You know, like I'm tired. I don't want to do this anymore. Why for what? Um, but I think coming into this year, like I had a lot of uh, internal time with myself over the summer. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and uh, it, I, I was able to kind of like reframe our thinking because I think what made spring quarter really difficult last year was having these expectations of what I thought grad school was going to be mm-hmm. and then being disappointed obviously you know by things not in our control um but coming in this year I really was like you know I'm gonna take whatever serves me I'm gonna learn whatever I can learn and and then I'm, and then I'm gonna just clock out I'm gonna clock out and I'm going to remember that I am so much more as a person mm-hmm. um I am Lois the actor but I am also Lois <laughs> period mm-hmm. you know like I think it can be so easy to get caught up into like, oh my God, this is the end all be all of everything, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, but I think reframing what this is to preserve my energy <laughs> and put it and feed it into places that like make me happy at the mm-hmm. end of the day, it's easier to then do eight hours of Zoom then be like okay okay i'm good log out (laughs) exactly yeah it's so funny i think i think for me as i had gotten older and i've been like there was a period of time where i I had the good fortune but also maybe not the right sense to the second i got out of school it was show 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 month after month after month not a single day off Mm, and i did that for three years wow and then i got to the end of that and realized oh I had just been putting in shit work for the last three years. There was no, like, there was no, like, there was no emotional connection to it. There was no reward. Like, I never felt like, I was like, yeah, that's what that good acting is. Pat mm. my back. I don't know what mm. accent I'm doing here. Right. And it was, and, and because of that, then I was forced into downtime because mm. I, I just, I, I, I didn't have any, I didn't have the right, tools I wasn't working on anything in terms of like the craft I was just doing work mm-hmm. not paying attention to what I could be learning right forced to take that time to take classes and then like take a more of a stock of who I was and what I was doing mm-hmm. and why I was doing it to where now five to eight years after that point mm-hmm. to be 37 and go See, this was this was the type of mindset you were trying to get back then to be like, that's a piece I want to be a part of. That's sure. where I'll, that's where my focus is gonna go. Right. Everything else that's popping up doesn't matter mm-hmm. because it's not necessarily what will serve me. The energy right. to have to be an artist mm-hmm. can and will burn out if you don't yeah. take care of it. And I can't imagine, I mean, you've got the academic aspect of this too. So like there, it's harder for you to take a time, some time off because there's a grade at the end of this and there's money you're investing into this program. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm glad that over the course of this last year, I hear Mm -hmm. you say that like, I'm going to turn it off now. Right. Right. And thank God UCSD pays for me to come here. (laughs) Big ups to full time full ride scholarships. You know, I'm on full tuition, uh, mm-hmm. but like, good on you. I think I think it's so important to have that realization because it's the system traps you. The yeah. system traps you into grinding. Mm-hmm. You know, like I yeah. think I think also a lot of like kind of like what you were talking about earlier. Also with like, it's it's so funny. Like the year 2020 was such a shit show, but I really think it opened the eyes of many people to what a shit show all uh, every single institution we're under is Mm. um and i mean like i love the theater but the theater has its own issues that it needs to work through you know uh and and in like i was thinking about like our grind culture for instance right and how like 
you're not an artist until you're suffering, you know, like don't eat and you got to live in some like cockroach infested Manhattan, whatever, you know, like, like never yeah. eat, never sleep and just like grind, grind, grind. And only until you make it then are you an actor, you know? Yeah. And I don't, I think there is a lot of importance of working hard, you know, mm. but I don't agree with the fact that like artists should never be allowed to rest. Oh. Um, and then thinking about that in terms of like my institution of being in an educational institution, specifically an MFA graduate program, mm. there is so much like, I remember there were some days where like you would go all day with your classes and then I wouldn't eat until maybe like six for the first time. Mm. And like sometimes like I wouldn't really pee that much either in class. I didn't really use the bathroom. And in your breaks, you were using your breaks to rehearse for the next class. Mm -hmm. um, and we and I made it work. You know, sometimes I think about I'm like, am I weak now? Or like, how did I do it before? <laughs> Where it's like 7pm now and I'm like, alright, I'm ready to go to bed. <laughs> you know, my joints are cracking. Yeah. Um, but like that wasn't healthy. That wasn't healthy what I was doing of eating my first meal for dinner and never using the bathroom, you know, and it, it seems even though like, yeah, maybe I'm on eight hours of Zoom or nine hours of Zoom, it, mm -hmm. I have time to go to the bathroom. I eat, I grab a snack when I'm hungry. Yeah. I have more breaks in my day. And I think that is so valuable for our work in order to sustain ourselves. Um, because rest is revolutionary yeah. <laughs> when we are at our full fullest, you know, when we are able to truly rest and then come back into our art, then mm -hmm. we create, I think the most beautiful things as opposed to like producing fumes because we're running on nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, one of the things yeah. as a teacher I've, I've, I've discovered is the reward of when you have a student turn on their camera in class as opposed to seeing mm. it as like a mandatory thing to check in for attendance. Mm -hmm. Like when you can not convince or cajole, but as the process of your teaching, they then make the decision to turn on the camera to let you into their home. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, yeah. as you said, we're in bedrooms, we're in living rooms. Some people don't have that luxury. They go into a closet. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, yeah. depending on who you are, if you've got, you know, if you got great internet, maybe you can go outside to like a back porch, but maybe you don't got that. And so right. you, you find a way to make it work. But mm -hmm. there's a reward aspect to this that needs to be acknowledged, I think, from, uh, from just an educator's perspective. Mm -hmm. But then if you are out there trying to put on work, understand that this is a different taxing reality that everyone's living in. And when you are gracious enough to let people take that time for themselves without making them feel like it's got to go, 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 go. Mm -hmm. You're going to get a better product. Right. You'll get it. You'll, right. you'll at the end, like you'll be able to turn in a, something you're more proud of than as opposed to just like squeezing it out at the end of the toothpaste. Right. Yeah. People yeah. are just healthier. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Don't forget to brush folks at home, brush and floss. Um, brush and floss. Floss is important <laughs> it is very important it is very important it's a, very hard for me not to because it's usually i do a podcast in the evening time it's uh -huh. hard for me not to be like cleaning my teeth as we're talking it's oh my god really one. yeah it's <laughs> like i'm now i'm super conscious of it i ate 30 minutes ago i should be flossing right now should be flossing right now you, yeah. immediately you can get yeah. one of those what are those little yeah those little they're picks. Not like floss floss yes the picks yeah yeah those, those those little picks that are they're ending up in the ocean yeah oh. really Saves the environment. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Anyway, one of the questions I, I gave you in advance of our meeting is the question I like to start every podcast with. Lois, mm -hmm. yes. how did it happen? How did it happen, Sam? That's a great question because it wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> what? Yeah, no, I, I feel like I stumbled into this world. Uh, you can fall to not because I, well, you know, crashed. <laughs> no, it, I, oh, when, I think it was in high school. So I was, I was in band. I did not know what I was doing with my life. Um, I grew up playing music. I played piano. I played the flute. 
Um, and I, a lot of, I don't know if this is a thing everywhere, but it was a thing at my school where all the band kids were also a lot of the theater kids. <laughs> and so a lot of my band friends were in the theater. Uh, and what was it that year? What were they doing? They were doing a musical. Oh my God, it was Legally Blonde the musical. They were doing Legally Blonde the musical. Yes, sir, it was Legally Blonde. Um, and you and have I the think lead. a lot of You're my- Oh, obviously, you know, wore a blonde Obvious. wig and all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I don't need a blonde wig. The hair right now is fine. You know. Just poof it up. I I, they might have to change the name though, or just make it satiric. Legally oh. blonde, legally, legally Asian. <laughs> that works too. You know, I'm here for that. Let's rewrite. We can, all, we can all bend and snap. We can all bend and snap. Let's go. Blonde Asians exist. Change the narrative. Let us go. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, anyway, you were, but, so yeah. Anyway, time. they yeah they were, they were all auditioning and they were like, you know, let's it'll be fun. Just come, let's do it. And I was like, okay, whatever. Uh, audition got in. Got was part of the ensemble. And let me just say, being a part of that ensemble was hard as shit. <laughs> oh my god, because it was like running around i was like delta new and then all of a sudden i had to change into like harvard person and then all of a sudden was like in prison jumping rope and then was like back to like delta new and then like doing all this so i had a blast because i was just running around dancing to my heart's content not knowing what i was doing and was like yay all my friends are here here i am um but i remember one night uh i, I feel like i had like an outer body experience where like i was on stage but I just kind of like in the movies where everything just kind of slows down around you as you're still like doing the motions. Mm -hmm. But I just kind of, I had a moment where I looked out into the audience and I just thought really briefly to myself, I wonder what I look like. I wonder if I was sitting in the audience watching myself. I wonder, I just, I wonder. Mm -hmm. um, and it was the briefest of moments and then it passed and we continued like Delta Nui or whatever, but then snapped. Um, and, and I, I had so much fun, but at that, at that moment, it was just kind of like, ah, okay. Like the musical was fun. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, but because I did it once, they kind of rope you in and you like audition again. Um, and, and so I just kind of started doing more plays. And I think the next thing we did, we did like a play, but then the next big thing we did, we did Young Frankenstein, the musical, mm. um, and classic, you know, must. Um, and I auditioned and they, <laughs> LOL, they cast me as the old German housekeeper. Frau Blucher. Yes, I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> uh, but little to my knowledge, cause I've never seen the movie, uh, but she's a pretty, I guess like big, whatever, um, female comedic lead, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, iconic like a lot of like let me tell you in the audience there are a lot of old white people who like knew every single line knew every knew all of it you know i think it's i guess like a cult classic you know oh yeah um and and after that show uh you know when you go out to like the auditorium like stage door or whatever at like what 14 15 mm. um it's funny because now these these comments could be ignorant could be considered ignorant or like low-key microaggressive but the intention behind them was sweet like a lot of these like old white people <laughs> were coming up to me and they were being like paraphrasing they were saying things kind of like oh you know we never really we've never really seen you in like <laughs> this role before we've never mm -hmm. seen people like you like do this but you showed us you were so good and you showed us like a new perspective and, da, 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 da. and so i mean now when i think back i'm like partly problematic but also from their you know from their like good nature they they've never seen an asian woman play this part before right. and they liked it and it opened their mind into something new and something different and in my mind at that age i was like wow art can be political my body can be political mm -hmm. and i just kind of started thinking about like kind of kind of piecing together what i was thinking during legally blonde and like during this and being like yeah i 
love I love the community of the theater. I love telling stories. I love performing, but I also love the fact that, and kind of like your podcast, you know, bridging gaps. I love the fact that we can bridge gaps between communities because historically we're not seen, you know, like, yeah. yeah, And, and if I, and I just, I just wanted to be a part of that. Um, And so theater, how, it started from Legally Blonde, where I was obviously in Elle Woods. <laughs> yeah. But I think how and why is the how made me think of the why and why I wanted to stay and why I think art is so important. Um, I mean, especially, I think we say it all the time, especially in this day and age of, of not just being open-minded, but just showing people the truth um and it was really cool for me at that time for people for older white people (laughs) to see my truth in this character and for Mm. them to also accept it you know um because i'm like wow if you can if you can see me in this just you wait (laughs) just you wait you know something in something else you know absolutely have you have you it sounds like you've been conscious of representation from a really young age? Was that something you just picked up on your own through friends or your family aware of that stuff as well? Um, I don't know if it's conscious or not. I don't think I've, I don't, I don't know if I'm thinking about representation, mm-hmm. but I think there, I think I'm always thinking about when I'm not, when people like me are not there, I'm, I like am very aware when there is a lack of Asian artists or BIPOC artists. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and especially because like my parents immigrated here from Taiwan, they, they are not part of this world at all. You know, mm-hmm. they're not artists themselves. Um, so it was a very big risk for me to, to be, I mean, as all artists, but especially for, I would say like people who come from immigrant families it's not in the plan of whatever the plan is supposed to be yeah um and like growing up i i i I mean denver you know like grew up predominantly uh i I specifically i grew up in thornton specific uh predominantly white um and uh i i grew up watching like lizzie mcguire (laughs) you know i was like i want to be hillary duff i want to be this white woman you know there's not (laughs) or knows i do you know, yeah, yeah, I was like, there's no, there's no me right now. And, and we're doing better in the industry. But I, but I think because of also the lack of representation, it was very easy for me to feed into white proximity, because the model minority is a fucking myth. Um, and but I, I, always I like I grew up with a lot of like white friends and wanting to be white and wanting to erase myself to be that yeah. um and so I think in terms of thinking about representation when there isn't you when there yeah yeah when there isn't people like you I think one of the unfortunate side effects is that you start to erase yourself to then fit into what you think the dominant narrative is mm-hmm. um and so and but yes, yes, going. I mean, that was such a tangent to like answer your question of was I conscious of this? I think I didn't know what I was conscious of, but I was definitely aware that like, okay, I'm gonna not be myself to fit this until I didn't want to anymore, until I found value in my identity and my story and in the stories that I wanted to tell. And then that changed my way of thinking of being like, well, then why? Mm. Why am why am I not there? Why are my stories not? Why why are there not more like black stories or Latinx stories or native indigenous, et cetera? You know, yeah. like why is there so much of this, but then not enough of this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. When did you find that value you speak of within yourself and your story? You are asking the deep questions. <laughs> this is the Ghost Lights Podcast with Sam. Come Gilles. on, Ghost Lights. We don't fuck around. We don't, we don't. At least we try not Ooh. to. Hmm. When did I? Because I was old as fuck. Like, it took me a long time. 
because I, yeah. I had cultivated a career off of being ambiguous. And mm. I had gotten mm -hmm. through middle school and high school and college by being whatever people wanted me to be. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was black in middle school because I had the ex-stepfather who was black, who was incarcerated. I had instant street cred. Nobody messed with me. Mm -hmm. Then I got into high school. I still had some of that going on. All I had to do was show them the photo of me as a baby at Folsom. Like mm. you, show them the, you show them the brick walls at Folsom Prison. People go like, damn. Mm. And then I was in like a Native American group that nobody in that group wanted me to hang out. Like they did not like me. I was too white for them. Mm. And mm -hmm. like some of the white kids there knew that I was Native American and made jokes about it. I mean, after, once, once you turn 15, 16, eight, they, you hear all the TP jokes in about a minute. People aren't that original. Mm. And uh, then after that, in college, it was no identity. No yeah. one cared about my stepfather. No one cared about my long hair or mm. my whiteness. And I'm 50-50, sure. but like at, from that point on, after I got out of college and I was just being given, I, I played Othello. Mm. <laughs> I mentioned mm. that on the mm. podcast before. Like that's, like I, I crushed that part, but should it have, <laughs> should it have right, been? Right, right. <laughs> no, but I wasn't going to say no at the time. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, it's like, I got, I got older and I had the opportunity to play a couple of native American roles and I was thankful for that, but no one really sought me for that and just sought, mm -hmm. sought that angle. And it took, I was 35 and I was like, no, this has got to be who I am. Right. And then I got a little older and I got another part that I might, maybe shouldn't have played but it was it was i was i was there i crushed my audition they offered it to me mm. and so i'm like okay i'm gonna take it and now mm. i'm like i don't think i can go back i know i can't go back but if we remount it i'll be an ad mm. <laughs> it's, it's just an experience playing the part that's a long story of saying no yeah i was 36 37 this year i was like uh -huh. that's who i am right got to I got to honor that so other people who I had blocked inadvertently can honor that within them mm -hmm. who they are yeah and, uh, like, and and for you I mean I've had the good fortune of doing a show with you and I've had oh. the great fortune of following you on Instagram and she's a great oh. follow if we're trying <laughs> to keep them numbers up folks uh, oh, man. She's, Lois, Lois, has, Lois has done a great job of educating me over the course of 2020 and I've paid, I've paid pretty damn good attention. Some of the programs that you've talked about, some of the things that I've looked into because of you and donated to or read more about and it is, it, 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 you, you've helped in that transition because there's, there's no half-stepping with you, I don't think. Oh, wow. And to hear that you, since you are younger than me, that that transition, that period of time of you becoming an artist and then hearing that and then noticing what you didn't see on stage or on camera and finding value within you and your story and your family's history to like want to fight for those things. It's, it's, it should be recognized mm -hmm. and should be respected. Yeah, no, thank you for, thank you for sharing. Yeah. first of all like yeah like i i think it's so important especially acknowledging like what you were saying of like when that kind of switch is for all of us to discover especially like uh those of marginalized identity specifically bipoc artists um because i think i'm a pisces so i do a lot of like internal reflection <laughs> uh but i I think um, the system is rigged from the start. And there is a reason why so many of us play the game, mm -hmm. consciously or not, to make it in this industry. Because for so, I mean, and still even now, like a lot of the gatekeepers are not people like us. No. Um, and so like, how much of the game do we have to play to get in through the door? Mm -hmm. And so, and even like, Sam, I don't think I had my like, r like true reckoning with myself. I think 
very, a lot of undergrad was fuzzy for me of really coming to terms. I think I was learning a lot in undergrad. I was very thankful for the people I was surrounded with because at DU, I actually had the most BIPOC friends of my life. Um, and they were all, all so smart and they were all like, they were checking me a lot in my privilege and mm -hmm. my, um, my whiteness, you know, like, a, mm -hmm. like, like, uh, and so I was doing a lot of that identity reckoning with myself in undergrad. And then, and I think honestly auditioning for grad school was a big thing of me solidifying who I was cause Ooh, voices are loud. Opinions are loud. And especially like when you're auditioning for grad school and people looking at your pieces, you're not auditioning for something. You're auditioning yourself to be a part of something. Mm -hmm. And so how do you choose pieces for yourself and that authentically speak to you, yeah. you know, or do you choose pieces that you think will get you into the, to, to the school, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And so I, I chose a lot of pieces specifically written by Asian women for Asian women. Mm. Um, and with Shakespeare pieces, uh, I chose pieces with like loud, brass, like brash, <laughs> uh, but just women who were like, I don't give a fuck, this is what I'm gonna say. Um, and like, I remember some of like the feedback sometimes that I got from, you know, like mentors or like whatever, like, were kind of disappointing a little bit mm -hmm. and at the time i don't think i could like put into words what it was but like some of the feedback were kind of like "Ooh, these pieces are kind of similar or like oh you're coming off a little strong or like da, 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 da. yeah um and now when i think back on it go ahead hmm? go ahead sorry oh, oh no uh it, it just kind of felt like you're being a loud Asian woman right now, and you're not really showing off range, but you're really just showing off this. <laughs> you're showing tiger mom, and we don't want tiger you're Just mom. showing, exactly, like you're doing just drag it, you know, like we don't, <laughs> we want to see demure. We also want to see submissive. <laughs> we want, no. <laughs> it's either concubine or nothing. Yikes, truly yikes, you yeah. know? And I like, I had a big freak out before I even auditioned for these schools because I was like, oh my God, I don't, do I know who I am? Do I, da, 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 da. But like, I had to really sit down with myself and also with my family, because mm -hmm. I'm really thankful that my parents now are very supportive of where I am. And they're like, dude, go for it. You know, mm -hmm. like if you're going to go, go big. Um, but like really sit down and be like, okay, who am I? If they take me, they have to take all of me. They are not going to take any part of myself that I am compromising and they are going to take me loud angry whatever all the words you want to label women of color you're gonna take that because we're not angry we're not loud we are who we are and that's yeah. all of it all of it can exist um and, and i they think should see, it, oh no yeah i was saying and they should see that you're not gonna let them put you in a box mm -hmm. like you've got to come in strong you've got to come yeah. in as at the very least, acknowledging that you are on the process of discovering who you are and you're not going to back down from what you've already learned. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like you said, because there's no going back. There's only moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. And everything, everything I learn or take is only just going to drive whatever this is because this is the core of who I am. Mm. Um, and so I really think through that process and not even first year, I feel like first year of grad school kind of breaks <laughs> you down. They're like, be vulnerable just cry all the time so even first year was still kind of like oh my god seeking validation from you know esteemed faculty members da, 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 da. but like going through first year being not necessarily broken down by the system but really really being in close proximity to the industry to like what the reality of this is i think even I think really like this year, I can say, I know who I am 90% of the time. Yeah. I know what my values are. I know what I won't give up. I know what I won't compromise. Um, and I am a fighter and I honestly don't care about your validation. <laughs> you know, like I care to work hard. I care to make art, you know, mm -hmm. whether good bad shitty all whatever all mm -hmm. of it we deserve all of it um 
and that's what it's gonna be you know like like yeah. you said like no labels no labels it's just it's what it is and i know who i am and i'm not budging from that but it really yeah it takes a lot of kind of like i don't know for me kind of like erasing myself to not really knowing who i am and then to you know having those freakouts of like oh my god this is what someone thinks i should be or this is what someone's illusion of who yeah. i am is and being like oh no 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 i know the reality of who i am and that's what i'm going to continue to lean into nice that's great it, it and it's it that's something that takes people a lifetime to learn oh it's hard there are some days where i'm like i am but a rock <laughs> yeah well i mean like it's it, like what you're what you're describing is i mean like that's part of our grind even when we're not grinding is yeah. being who we are in the eyes of people and the presence of people who aren't ready for that mm -hmm. and as, as uh, kendrick lamar um so famously put it i can't fake being humble just because your ass is insecure yeah yeah and what he's saying is like i can't be who you are are you are most comfortable with me being just because yes. you're not there yet mm -hmm. and, and 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 i know in saying this there are things that i'm still figuring out for myself that i'm not 100 percent comfortable with but like when you when so much of what we do is an extension of who we are mm -hmm. an access point to who we are a vulnerability when we talk about taking care of ourselves so that there's energy to do the work we're also understanding that what we're putting out there could turn people off to us mm. and that's mm -hmm. okay because that's the job of self-discovery yeah and then that's what that's what the audience ine inevitably wants it's like yes they love they love those pieces those farces that put butts in the seats they love something that they can remember but they the things that echo are the things that show them something within themselves through the eyes of somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so when they see that vulnerability, when they see that authenticity, some will be scared away, but others will be drawn in. And if you, if you don't give it all, give it your all when you've got the energy to do so, then it, then it won't hit as deep. And then you might not pull those people in that need to hear your voice. Mm -hmm. right. I think I think with what we're talking about, and and uh, this is going to steer me into a question. I promise, I'll stop talking. No, no, no. We love. <laughs> it's uh, what we've seen in this year, in the last, I would say, the last two years. There's been a much more. We're not there yet, but a more accountable public voice asking for more representation. And in some regards, it's being answered. Mm. Like I just, I watched a, a little intro documentary to Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. That's going to be, that's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh, and I'm really uh -huh. excited to watch that. But I was, I was yeah. watching, I was watching, and I was like, oh my God. It's so, it's so awesome to see that play in a real world. Because mm -hmm. when you read it, it's just the people on the page. And then you don't see all the other factors of that time period. Mm -hmm. uh, like, um, so I'm, I'm really excited that's going to be out there. But I mean, what I'm getting at is like that. I feel like five, ten years ago, you could, you wouldn't have been able to put that on with such ease. And yeah, the mediums have changed. We can do more with streaming platforms, hmm. but like there is more of a there's more of a hunger for stories that are not just not just in the white world that we had been presented before right like there are, there's still merit to those things like i love the movie 1917 the world war one movie but mm -hmm. that was absolutely breathtaking and that is a story that should be told that is a beautiful story but there are also jazz musicians in chicago mm -hmm. fighting for their their voice as their career is on the decline in a world right. that didn't welcome them yet right well like like what you said you know it's like like yeah 1917 i actually haven't seen it yet so i have to watch it no spoilers um, it's, yeah. <laughs> but like 
this idea of plenty, right? Plenty. Um, and who has had an abundance and who has not? Mm. And who green light who gets to have the abundance, right? Because um, mm. I think I think over also over time and thinking about it, I think representation is so important. But I also think representation is nothing if it is not sustainable. So now I feel like my way of thinking is like representation and, and what, you yeah. know, cause it's like, cause like example of Pose, Pose has so many incredible black and brown trans actors mm-hmm. yet. And, and this is not to, cause Billy Porter is amazing, not to negate, you know, Billy Porter's work. Yeah. But, and it's not even about the award, but the fact that like no black or brown trans actor has won for that show, India Moore, and you know, like yeah, it, yeah. there is, there's representation, right? But, mm-hmm. but now what? You know what I mean? Cause it's like, okay, well, so, things are being made. Things are being made. We're seeing more stories. Yeah. We cannot just stop there because it's, it's not about the award, but it's kind of about like who gets to be seen, who gets to be recognized, who gets mm-hmm. to be deemed worthy, whatever worthy is, you know, we all know we're worthy, but we're still navigating under all of these rules and regulations of like the Academy and TV and like all these things, you know, and it's, yeah. and it's cause I don't want to be someone that people are just like, Oh my God. Yay. Lois. We have more representation. We have more Asian representation, yeah. you know, like, Yes, cool. I want to make art. I want to make art. Um, but I, I think it's important, why we are important, to be a part of the line of sustainability, mm-hmm. of artists who continue the line of like, boom, we have Michelle Yeoh, we have Sandra Oh, we have Aquafina, we have Constance, we have all these Asian actors. They are going to pass me the baton and I am going to pass the baton on. Mm-hmm. Of, I, don't, I don't keep, I don't get the baton and just, keep it. And I'm like, aha, I made it. Me, Loishi, I made it. Everyone else can eat it, you know, and like mm-hmm. close the door because I think um, yeah. for a lot of us, like BIPOC artists, like the scarcity mindset kind of comes into play of like, I'm, I'm trying, I'm thinking of back to kind of like oh, how we're talking about like our identities of, I think also what has shaped me is so, so much competition, so much negative toxic competition between me and like all the other Asian girls who want to be actors. Um, and like right now in my program, uh, I was the only Asian actor in my cohort. And then next year, or not next year, in this year, this year, one of our one of our first years, we have another Asian woman join the program. And I'm so happy. It's so awesome. It's so yeah. awesome. But I know Lois in the past would have been like, oh my God, there's another Asian girl. Oh, what parts are you going to get? Are you like, now it's, now it's between two of you, da, 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 whatever. And I go down the road of once again, thinking yeah. that I don't have enough and that there's only room for one of us at the table. When it's like, fuck the table, we're just going to enter. And there is plenty. There is plenty for all of us. Well, the thing about the table is that the leaves are in the closet down the hall. We just <laughs> haven't gone to that closet in so long. Mm-hmm. forgot that they're there you can make room yeah and if you got enough people to pull on the ends it's going to be easy to open mm-hmm. up that space right i'm extending that metaphor but i mean what you're saying though is it's it's a, it, that's a fear that i have like i made a career off of being ambiguous enough to slot in mm. now i have and I have, it is upon me. I see a part of my role as it's evolved in the last year or two is to, I mean, maybe advocate isn't the right word, but to check myself and let the, the, the better representation mm-hmm. fit the slot. Mm-hmm. If they audition, boom. That, right. I mean, and I, I, and I would argue not even better representation but it's like you and someone else who comes in for the similar role are yeah. two completely different people yeah, yeah right and you are completely valuable as 
who you are. Mm -hmm. And if that person gets that role, something, something amazing is coming your way, you know, because all of this, the scarcity mindset that we have is a symptom of white supremacy Mm -hmm. of once again, like gatekeepers, who gets to make the stories, who gets to write, whatever. Why are we fighting each other for scraps at the table Mm -hmm. when there should be enough for all of us, you know, like, yeah. And so I think that's why, that's why I think it's cool that like so many multi-hyphenated artists are coming up like Mikhail Cole and I made the story you like wrote that is in it you know like so many people are like writing their own work because they're like fine we don't want to play under your rules because the rules have been rigged from the start so we're gonna do it we're gonna do it and we're gonna green light our own project and guess what I'm pulling all these motherfuckers through the door when I enter the door I'm pulling you in I'm pulling you in I'm pulling you in because we're all gonna be in and I think and it's so valid what you have that fear you know sometimes i catch that voice in my head also coming up yeah. of like okay there's another asian girl there's another, there's another whatever and i have to be like no dude what's meant to be yours is going to be yours and you will be so much happier together and not just alone <laughs> exactly and one of the things that is going to be bred from this is we can get to that meritocracy faster by going through this transition period. It's not perfect. However, it will keep those that might've had an easier path to getting an opportunity now being curtailed. It keeps that person focused on their, their craft, what they bring to the table to sharpen those tools so that when they do earn that opportunity, they are a more grateful and be sharper and the best option for it. So then they're showing out, it steps the quality up. And if you give a damn about the art, the quality's got to take precedent. You can tell any story you want to with no quality, without the fear, not the fear necessarily, but about the understanding that nothing is promised. But who cares then? Like there's, there's some urgency that has to be a part of any pursuit don't get lazy. Don't get complacent. I've fallen into that. And I can say that now it's like that. If I fell into that when I, when I was like 10 years younger, it would have ruined my career. I would have stopped. Mm. Like, and, and that would have been 10 years before I was ready for it mm. or whatever. So right. you gotta, this is a perfect opportunity. I think for everyone involved to be working at their, their tools, being ready taking every opportunity that they think they're right for and going mm-hmm. hard at it. And then if they get through the door, yeah, keeping it open. Yeah. Mm, thank you so much. It was a, <laughs> I was really glad that we got, got to that topic. And it's, I like I know some of my listeners within the last year have kind of heard me talk more about these types of topics. And I'm thankful when I've got someone that is very present in that that discussion. Mm. I mean, everyone that's been a guest this year that I've had these conversations with has been present, but it, it's just really sure. cool. Um, mm. One question for you that's been nagging me. What's up mm. with rice cookers? What's up with the rice? <laughs> everyone needs a rice cooker. Everyone. Okay. When I book my movie and I make a lot of money, I'm buying everybody a rice cooker. <laughs> Very good. I'll send you my email or my, yes, my personal Yes, great. Address. Send it to me. Send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> rice cookers are important. I used to have one. Now I got a slow cooker and I don't put rice in there. You know, the Instant Pot is good too. Oh, the Instant Pot. Too. I got to steal my mom's Instant Pot. Oh, yeah. There you go. Super just like throw everything in and then just leave it. That's right. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm such an accomplished 37 year old man. Still stealing stuff. You're living. Life. You're living your best life. You're doing your best. I'm doing, I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for your support, Lois. You're Lord. welcome. I got you. I got your back. <laughs> <laughs> What are, what are some of your downtime activities? Like when we're talking about self-care, taking that time, what are some of the things that you do? I, oh my God, I probably sound like an old Asian grandmother. I love going on walks. <laughs> I love going on walks. Um, I, I forgot how much I love reading. I mm-hmm. used to be such an avid reader and I, I think in undergrad, read so much like research you know like peer review journals and so i lost my love of reading for fun but i've been reading more this break i journal a lot 
<laughs> I have a lot of thoughts all the time. I do. I journal a lot. Nice. Um, and I actually in in grad school, I I used to really like kind of dabble in like poetry and like writing slam poetry. Uh, but we have another shameless plug. We have an amazing playwriting program. Uh, but I actually realized I love writing. Um, and so I've also been writing more and I've been like, I have ideas for plays and for like short plays or like screenplays. And so I've just been, you know, just putting my thoughts down. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah. So, and I, I make a bomb ass beef noodle soup. So cooking sometimes. <laughs> cooking doesn't always make me happy, but sometimes. <laughs> I make a mean, I mean, I make a mean mac and cheese. So big ups to those that know how to cook. Yes. Okay. Claps to us. Claps to us indeed. I feel like only when I was like left like to go <laughs> alone, I was like, okay, I guess, I guess I got to learn how to cook. <laughs> that's, that's how I felt. Um, and then I just started living with other people that would cook for me. And I got lucky. Mm. Now, now I'm back to my own. My dog isn't going to start making me food. Oh, man. Yeah. So Come it's on. on me now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's <laughs> to feed, microwave, to feed microwave myself. hot dogs this weekend. <laughs> you know, still a joy. We still love a, a joy. microwave hot dog. That's you right. know, I love a Costco hot dog. Yeah, the, all the Costco hot dog, that, that, that big beefy thing. Yeah. A chicken bake? Oh. Wait, oh. is that what you're talking about? <laughs> what? I love a Costco chicken bake. <laughs> What's the chicken bake? All I know about is the hot chicken dog. bake. No. Oh. I'm not allowed no, in just... Costco. There was an incident back in 2017. What? What'd you do? Um, that I, I I can't. The lawyers. Oh yikes! No. Well, okay. Well, next time I'm back in Denver, I'll get you a chicken bake and like throw it through your window. That'd be great. That'd be perfect. <laughs> Um, I, I live in a basement, um, so uh, maybe just leave I'll, it. Okay, I'll leave it on the porch somewhere. That'd be great. <laughs> leave it outside. That'd be great. Totally fine. Just shoot me a text. I'll come out and grab it. Oh, also, like, yes, cool. basement. Yeah. Cool. I know, in like a shawl. Haven't emerged in a while. Oh, Lois has brought me the famed chicken bake. The <laughs> famed, ch I know, I know. I'll bring a hot dog too, so you can have all that. Thank you. I, I like variety uh, in the diet. Yeah. You're welcome. I'm a good person. I'm you are a good person. Sometimes. Taking care of people. In fact, Lois, when we get to yeah. this stage in the podcast, I always ask, what is that ghost light you mm. wish was left on for you? Ooh, what is that ghost light I wish? Mm. I think for me and to all specifically BIPOC artists to sit knowing that you are enough. You don't need to change any part about, I mean, unless you're a shitty person, then just don't be shitty. Yeah. Uh, but all of, all of you is enough and the world is waiting. The world is waiting for you and you don't need to compromise any part of yourself. You, you're it. You're it, and people are going to be so stoked for you to walk through the door. Absolutely. Oh, Lois, thank you so much for joining us. Thank the you first, so much for having me. Of course, of course. The first podcast of 2021, the Ghost Lights podcast. I would uh, like to take the little moment here before we disappear with as we approach 2021. I had written this uh, little script for my fantasy football league and had a little sign off at the end of it that <laughs> I want to share with, with my, my theater loving people. There is no magic wand. What we need can't be accomplished in one move. It takes focused and consistent effort. Day after day, it won't be perfect, but it will be enough. Be strong for your families and for yourself. And when you need a rest, take it. Advocate for yourself. There might not be a tomorrow, but at least there was you. And I, for one, am grateful for that. I am grateful that we've made it this far, and I know we can keep this momentum going. Lois, thank you once again for joining us today. I'm really appreciative of your time and your insights into another aspect of not just theater, but life in America. Mm -hmm. And um, I hope you and my boy, Anthony, keep working mm -hmm. strong. 
I'm proud of you both. And I'm thankful that I got to work with you as an artist. Dan, do the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs>